My name is Rachel Wortman. I feel like I said that if I didn't say that. Sorry. We are in the middle of our Ephesians series. Have you guys liked it so far? Raise your hand if you've enjoyed it, if it's been speaking to your heart. I know for us, it's been speaking to us. It's been an amazing um, series for us. If you haven't already, um, find the Ephesians wall on the back today and underline a verse that's speaking to you. Even if somebody's already underlined it before, you can always put a little star, check mark, circle it again. Um, but that's just sort of our way of interacting with each other and looking at, hey, this is something that's speaking to people. It's exciting to see that. So today what we're going to do is we're going to dive into Ephesians chapter 3. But I want to say quickly before we do that, that the last part of Ephesians chapter 3 is one of my favorite parts of the whole Bible. And we're going to cover that next week. And so I am just unapologetically saying, do whatever you have to do to be here with us next week. I am so excited about that message. It's something that's been in my heart for months, if not this whole year. Um, I feel like the Lord has given us a really interesting perspective on it. And so just make plans to be here. You don't want to miss it. You're going to want to be able to be a part of it in person with us. Um, but we're going to read Ephesians 3. We're going to start in verse 7. There's a lot we could cover of this, but being family ser service day, I just want to camp basically out on verse 10. So we're going to read 7 through 13. Okay, it's going to be up on the screen. I'll read it to you. Today I'm reading out of the ESV. So here we go. All right, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gifts of God's grace. This is Paul talking, which was given me by the working of his power to me, though I am the least of all the saints, that this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Okay, this is a, a, a big chunk of scripture. And essentially the first part, Paul is basically saying the gospel was actually intended from the beginning for all the nations, but the Lord had hidden that, God had hidden that part away till an appointed time, which had now come. And Paul was saying, now that time has come where through Jesus, all the nations get to be invited in. And I've become a, a minister of that gospel. And then he makes this statement in verse 10. And he says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I don't know about you, but this verse is sort of hidden in that big chunk of scripture, right? It's like you would miss it. But there's a really fascinating thing that's being said here talking about the church. So one thing I want to make note of is there are rulers and authorities in heavenly places, you may know that, right? But it's true. Ephesians 6, when we get to that, we're going to talk about this a lot more in detail. But there are forces at work that are unseen around us right now. If we had a radio in the room, I've said this before, we could turn to a frequency and you would hear something being broadcast, but you have to have the receiver set to the right dial, right? There are things happening that we can't see. And what Paul is saying here is that God has ordained the church. The church has become God's chosen vessel to display the manifold wisdom of God to those unseen forces. So this is really amazing, right? The church is important. The church is necessary. So let's talk about the church. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about church, why we need church, what is church, why is it important. 
And I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, I posted something a couple weeks ago about um, the amazing resources we have at our fingertips today. We live in a day and age where you can find the best Bible teachers on the earth, even if they speak a different language, Facebook will translate it for you. This is an incredible time to be alive, right? You can get podcasts. You can get the best worship leaders, the most creative churches out there. You can be a part of it, what's happening in the world. And you should be at some level. But the local church has no substitute, okay? The corporate gathering of the body in flesh has no substitute. Online church is amazing, and I partake in it. You should partake in it. I don't want anybody to feel like that's wrong. But you need to look at it like a snack, right? It's the snack or it's the dessert. It's not the full meal. The full meal is what's happening in the local context like this, where you're rubbing shoulders next to somebody. So why do you need church? Something interesting happens when you're flesh to flesh with somebody, right? They annoy you, okay? Everybody say amen. Sometimes I get annoyed by the people sitting next to me. Just kidding. Don't say that, especially kids. Don't tell your parents that, Right, but it's true. We have moments where we get annoyed by people, but do you know what's good about being annoyed? You get to find what you need to work on. If all you do is consume church online, ain't nobody rubbing up next to you, right? I get to look at it. I get to, you know, partake of it when I'm at my worst, and nobody gets to see me at my worst. I get to partake of it when I'm at my best, and nobody gets to see me at my best either. There's something about being collectively together where when we're in the same room and I'm just going to flat out say it and somebody is annoying you or I'm annoying you because I know I'm not always the nicest person in the world or, you know, the most easy to be around, at least to my husband, he would tell you that, right? Never. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. But we all know that's not true. But um, no, but it's true. It's, it's when, we, when we are annoyed, when we're frustrated, when we need to forgive, that's what's helpful about the church. So I'm just going to go out. I'm not going to go on a limb on this. I'm just going to flat out tell you because this isn't a limb. This is fact. You need the church in your life. There is no substitute. There is substitute for great teaching, right? We're, I feel like we're, you know, good teachers. We're adequate teachers, but there are better teachers out there. If you're looking for the best teachers in the, in the metro or in the world, it's not going to be found here. We are amazing worshipers, but there's other great worshipers out there, right? There's all these, you can pick and choose what fits you, but what you can't pick and choose is what you need to work on. One of my favorite books, this book called Sacred Marriage by this guy named Gary Thompson, Thomas. There's two sacred marriages. So the one I'm talking about is the one that says, what if marriage was for holiness, not for happiness? Ouch, right? But what he says is that when you're single, you get to be, look at yourself in a mirror and you get to decide what to change. I don't like my hair. I'm going to dress differently. This doesn't feel like me. But when you get married, your spouse becomes the mirror, and they tell you what to change, right? And maybe they're not saying it to your face, but they say it by how it's not working in your relationship. And you're like, wow, this thing that I need to fix this in myself, right? And so that's part of what's helpful about community. Community is not just friendships. Community is when it's not so pleasant. Community is, man, I'm really frustrated with that person and choosing to say, God, show me why they see the world they do. God, show me how to forgive faster. God, show me how, right? You can't do that when we're consuming only online. Paul gets this, and this is why he says, the church, verse 10, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So what's happening? What's happening in the church is supposed to affect the city and the state and the nation and the world. It is God's chosen vessel. So let me just put it this way to you. You 
or I are not God's chosen vessel for this. We are God's chosen inheritance. We covered that a couple weeks ago. We are, God loves you individually so much, but he has given the collective church this place to affect change. You guys tracking with me? This is why the church is important. So you need church in your life. You need the community. You need the encouragement. You need the encouragement when you're having a hard time and people can see it and we want to hide, but we don't. And somebody goes, you know what, man? You are made for this. You can do this. You can overcome, right? That's what the church does. It gives you encouragement. It teaches you how to forgive. It's a place for you to give. You got gifts in you. You might not want to believe that, but you do. And this is a place where you get to give those gifts. It's a place for you to be fed. And it's a place for you to plant. Everybody say plant. plant. All right, kids, shout out to me. What's your favorite flower? Or what color your favorite flower is? Purple, red. What, pink? Sun, I heard sunflower, red, pink, right? We got a lot of different flowers. Anybody know what a rose is? Raise your hand if you know what a rose is. Awesome. Do you know the difference between a rose and a sunflower? You do? You can tell the difference? Okay, so when we're talking about a garden, God is planting all of you in the church like a garden. Psalm 91 says it this way, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they flourish. We are designed by God to be connected to the corporate body and to be planted there, not just to come and go as we please. You know, when you uproot a plant, now here we go, I'm going to talk about gardening, and you guys know I'm not a gardener, so I'm going to say something I don't know to be true for myself, but I know it's true from reading it on Wikipedia, <laughs> that when you uproot a plant, sometimes it's shocking to that plant. You've got to be careful sometimes of how you uproot a plant. Why? Because its roots are attached to that soil. That doesn't mean that God won't uproot you. He will take us to whatever garden he wants to plant us in, but it's, we are supposed to plant in such a way that if we are going to uproot, there's a little bit of a shock, right? That's God's intention for us, to be planted in the house of God. So you need the church in your life, and in the same way that you need the church, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you, the church needs you. Everybody say, the church needs me. The church needs me. I want to hear it really loud, kids. The church needs me. Here's, thank you, Jack. Here's what we have been told all of our life, that it doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you, if you are missing a body part, you are not a whole person. I had part of my thyroid taken out a few years ago, and I agonized over it. I agonized over it. This tiny little thing that looked about like this was going to come out of my body that I need to be healthy and whole. And the doctor simply looks at me and he said, well, you can take medication for it. It's no big deal. And I thought to myself, this is my organ. This is a big deal. I'm not just like willy-nilly going, I don't need that anymore. You can take that, right? I mean, even if you are the appendix, right? Anybody that's ever had an appendix taken out, even if you're the appendix, people don't want to lose your appendix. And so when God looks at the body, he wants everybody there. You might think you're indispensable, but you're not. The church actually needs you. And if you don't participate with the church, then we have to supplement somehow. We have to take some sort of synthetic thing to replace you. I know you don't want to feel that. I know you don't want to feel the pressure of that. I know in this day and age, it's kind of like, I don't want any responsibility put on me. But here's the bottom line. We are the body of Christ, and you are a piece of that body. And even if the body is broken, even if you're sitting there going, well, I'm just messed up and I need to be healed, that's okay. You're still part of the body. We can fix that. We can help you right? But we can't be walking around like a foot over there, a spleen over there. You know, we're at Starbucks and we're like, hey, that's a nice spine. No, we're supposed to be connected together. Why? Because it's the church 
that displays the manifold wisdom of God. So the church needs you. Just saying. I'm going to unapologetically say, we are not complete without you. Even if you don't want to be here, we are not complete without you. So find a church you feel like you can be at and connect there because it is important. No worries. It's family day. We all get it. All right, so the church is the, is the chosen vessel to be the display of the manifold wisdom of God. So here's what I believe Paul is trying to say, is that God has positioned the church to affect change, to affect change on a spiritual level. We can write laws to affect change on behavior, but behavior is a byproduct of what's happening spiritually, right? And it is the church's place in the world to affect spiritual change. So this is important. I could preach on this for a long time. I'm not going to, but I, I want you guys to really dig into this and, and even look in yourself and say, okay, why is it in me that maybe I haven't wanted to connect to a church? Because we all have issues. We all have moments. We all, some of us have church wounds. That's a real thing. And I think that when I look at this, you know, when, when I was studying this, I thought to myself, you know what, God, I'm not sure I've seen this Ephesians 3.10 church yet. Not with my own eyes. I've seen it maybe in history books for little pieces of time, but I haven't seen it with my own eyes. And sometimes we get hurt by the church, and then we're kind of like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of that anymore. I'm going to be a walking toe around town, right? And it doesn't work like that. Why? Because God hasn't, he's built you to connect you, but we have to recognize and say, I'm built to connect even if we're not quite there yet, and God will help me in that process. Okay. I personally believe that our church is designed by God to affect the change of this city and especially this region right here. And what I mean by that is that we're not here to just gather people to check a box to come to church on Sunday. We are here to gather people to have spiritual transformation that leads you to changing your life, to make you more like Jesus, to put you more in line with your calling, everything we've been talking about these last several weeks and years right? But I know in my heart that we can't do that if we all don't buy in. See, here's the reality here. Grant and I are not the church. And, and on our best days, that's pretty much still how we feel, right? When we say the Bethel OKC body of Christ, we're not talking about just the two of us. We're talking about all of us together, but we all have to see ourselves as important and part of this mission, part of what God is doing. So I, I want to say something to you guys. I'm going to go out on a limb. So if the limb breaks mid-service, just, you know, pick me up. It's okay. We'll all uh, survive together. But I think you guys know me well enough to know that I'm going to step out in faith, even if I'm going to be wrong. And I have been wrong before, and I will own that. Because <laughs> I know that God is always right. And so it's important to me to be accurate. But at the same time, sometimes what we see God doing, we can't, we can't know if it's accurate or not because it hasn't happened yet, Right? And the Lord will say things to me in the duration of this church or to Grant and I, and it's like, okay, God, you're leading us here. And I don't always say those things out loud because I don't always know. And then a lot of times they do come to pass, and sometimes they don't. And when they don't, just full vulnerability here, it's like, whew, I am sure glad I didn't say that out loud because <laughs> that was not right. But I had a conversation with the Lord recently, and I was sharing this with a mentor in my life who's discipling me right now. And, and she just flat out told me, she said, Rachel, I think you need to bring your church into this with you. And I was like, <sighs> And when she said that, I started panicking, and I'm not a panic person. So you know what you find? It's like hot buttons in your heart, and you're like, oh, hey, I didn't know there was 
area there for you to work on, Lord. That's great. That's what community is for. And I said, wow, I think you're onto something because I'm literally sweating and I can feel panic in my heart and I don't want to do that at all. And we started talking it through. And I said, it's not, it's not because I don't trust you guys because to be completely honest, I trust all of you. I really love our church a lot. And it has nothing to do with, do I believe you guys will like walk with me through this or anything like that? It has everything to do with, I just don't want to fail. Can I just be flat out honest? I just, I don't want to, I don't want the limb to break while I'm out here trying to explain this to you. But I believe there's something that God wants to do in us. And as I started processing this with the Lord, I felt like God was like, we need to do this together because it's the body. It's not just me. It's not just Grant. It's all of us together. And then that, later that week, we went to the Randy Clark thing in Tulsa, and he literally started preaching about making declarations about what God was doing. If you guys were there, then I was sitting there like, oh, Lord, I feel it, right? I feel it. All right, God, give me the guts. Hold me, Jesus. And, and I feel a lot more confident about it today, although I still have no idea what's going to happen. But here we go. A little bit of backstory to tell you what I want to say. And it's, it's that we have probably had collectively between Grant and I somewhere around 10 different prophetic words over the last seven or eight years about leading something that was a large move of people. Okay? So this is an uncomfortable thing to say because I don't know one pastor who set out to have a church of like five people. It's just not in our heart. We want to see the gospel multiply. When you become a pastor, it's like you, you want that. You, you want God to get the glory for that. And what I'm about to say honestly has nothing to do with our heart. I can tell you 100% that I am the more content with our church in this season than I have been from the beginning of the planting establishment process. But there's always this thing in me that's kind of like, but God, I believe you said and so even though I love what you're doing, it feels incomplete because I believe you said something else. So even, I don't know, I think it was like seven years ago or maybe longer, we had uh, pastors from Haiti came into our church that we were at previously and looked at Grant and said, the Lord wants you to know he's called you to lead a big church, like a big church. And we were kind of like, we were youth pastors and like, you know, stick that on the shelf. Who, who even knows what that was about? A year later, we were at a, a ministry event with being ministered to, and a friend of ours who was wrecked by the Lord, just like experiencing a lot of presence of the Holy Spirit, he started praying over us, and he started prophetically speaking. He said, Grant, I saw the, is it okay that I say all of this? I didn't even ask you. Okay, sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> he knows the nest I'm about to say. Yeah, sermon over. No, just kidding. Um, but he said, I saw doors of your heart opening in lines and lines and lines. There were too many to count of people who were like almost militant coming out of your chest who were equipped to go change the world. There was a lot of snot involved in that moment, okay? It was like a heavy presence of God. And then the following year, this is all before we even moved, the following year, God had called us to plant the church. And in the calling, you guys know a lot of that story. We don't share this part very much because, honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit uncomfortable to say this. But we felt like the Lord said, what I'm calling you to establish is not something that's just going to be in one location. It's going to be in many locations around the metro. Not like campuses where we become like God or anything like that, but like where we're equipping people to find their place, like one house with lots of rooms, right? Like one body with lots of parts around the metro and Oklahoma area. And it was like, okay, well, that's interesting, Lord. It seems to line up with those other words. And then we had a, that same year, we had a, a prophet friend in Scotland who was praying for us, and he didn't really know much about what we were about to transition to move up here to do. And, um, and he started saying, um, he goes, I see that God has moved you both onto a big harvester. It's not a little sheath that you're ga gathering grain anymore. It's a big harvesting machine, and there are lots and lots of harvest coming in that. And it was like, wow, that's cool. And so you hear words like that year after year, and you kind of think, this is really exciting, right? How cool is this? And then we move up here, and you know the story. God goes, now don't tell anybody. And you're like, I'm sorry, wait, 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 what? 
and we started with two and then five and then we were at five for quite a while and then ten for quite some time and then there's still days where there's about 12 of us at times. I think those days are mostly gone, but they happen from time to time. And it's been this interesting journey for us because in the midst of that, we've had, I don't know, something like six or seven different prophets. None of them know each other, okay? Come through our, our church or speak to us privately at events and whatnot and say, um, I see explosive growth for your church. And we're like, okay. And there's times where we're like, it's now, it's now, and it hasn't been now yet. You guys all know that, <laughs> And there's this interesting thing where it's been a process where God has been teaching us to become something, not so much achieve something. And I shared that with you guys a couple weeks ago. But so, I, so that's the backstory. okay? This is important to understand the journey so you can see my heart of, of what I'm about to say. So I was talking to the Lord um, a couple weeks ago, and, and I said, God, um, here's the, the events that he's kind of laid out for us for the rest of the year. I was praying through them, talking through them, and I said, Lord... Um, I feel like if we could get to 100 people, we would have enough people to do these well without taxing anybody. Because it's my heart that we're not a church that burns people out. We, are, we, pull, we restrain quite a bit so that we honor the fact that families are important. Having family time and leisure days are important, right? And so it is harder to build that way, but it's smarter in my opinion. And so I said to the Lord, I, I want to pray for 100 people. I did the math, and it comes out to be about 20 couples or so, 40 people. And I said, I want to pray for 20 people, but I want to know if that's what you want me to pray for, because I've said this a hundred times. I don't want to pray something that God's not praying, right? I mean, he might answer it, but it's going to take a lot longer. I want to be in line with what he's doing. This is his church. And so I said, I just want to know, Lord, is that okay with you? And, and what he said to me kind of wrecked me, okay? And this is what I'm going on a limb to share. And he said to me, Rachel, if you are bored and you feel like you need something to do and you want to pray for 20 people, that's fine. And he said, but if you're going to pray for 20, before he said that, he said, the growth that I have called you to is inevitable. He said, at this point in the journey, it's going to happen no matter what. And there's some things prophetically that have happened to me in the last month or so that confirmed that. And he, and he said, so if you're bored and you want to pray for 20, that's fine. He said, but at least pray for 25, and, and why not 30? And I just said, I'm going to be flat and honest with you guys, okay? I said, Lord, I feel like 20 is a reach, <laughs> I feel like 20 is like a miracle in my vantage point. Not on paper. On paper, you go, 20? What's 20? There's like a million point two people here. You know, it's not a big deal. But like in reality, from what we've journeyed through the last five years, 20 feels like astronomical. I said, 25 feels like crazyville, okay? And I just said, Lord, I, I, I want to go with you. I want you to work it in me. I want to be a woman of faith. Like I feel like I am, but I, wanna, I don't want to be on my face a year from now, disappointed, just being honest, okay? And what my mentor was telling me, is she, she was making the point, which I thought was so smart, is that we all go through journeys like this. Your end goal might not be the same as what I feel like God is saying, but the process is the same for all of us. The process of hearing God say something crazy and stepping out in faith and believing for it, we all are gonna do that at some point in time or another. And so to me, it was like a moment of going, huh. That's how I feel. I feel that right now. Why? Because I know I want you guys to have success in your faith too. And so if I have to pick myself up off the floor and what I'm about to say to you next year, I will. And, you know, give me a pat on the back and it'll be a good moment where I need the church too in my life. And so what I felt like he said, he said, he said, then here's what I want you to pray. He said, I want you to pray for 25 family units by December. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> 
And I didn't even tell you this. I was going to watch TV. Grant was, like, out of town. I was like, kids are in bed. This is, like, my night, you know? And I was, like, going to watch TV, and the Lord goes, hey, I want you to spend time with me. That's how all this happened. This was the setup of this whole thing. So I'm hearing him, and I'm like, 25 by December. So I thought to myself, well, I'm just not going to tell anybody, and if it happens, it happens. It's great. That's two months away, guys, three months away if you count December 31st because I've counted. Um, and so I'm like, I don't know, God. We'll see how this goes. And so I said, Lord, if this is you, because this is, this is my practice. I said, Lord, if this is you, you better confirm that in the word. Like I want to do like a little Bible roulette, you know, like you tell me something, I don't even know what it is, and I open it up, and there it says, and 25 people were added kind of <laughs> moment. If I'm going to step out in faith, that's like what I need, right? And so I said, God, okay. Confirm this in the word. And what he did, if you guys remember, I posted this on my Facebook, a verse about unicorns. That's the verse the Lord used to confirm this in me. Now, there's a lot to that that was really significant to me. But I opened that up, and the Lord goes, go look that up in the King James. And I said, who looks anything up in the King James, God? But you got it, Lord. I'll do it. Clickety-click, click. Unicorns. <gasps> it's true. That was like the response that I had, okay? Not that, I don't know if unicorns are true or not. That's irrelevant. But it was something that spoke to my heart. And if you know me, you know I'm a, I'm a unicorn and my spirit animal is unicorn, you know. <laughs> not for real. Just kidding. Anyways, so there was some interesting things. So I called my friend, my mentor, and I said, I'm going to tell you this whole conversation. I want you to fine-tooth comb it. I want you to see, is this God? Does this sound like God to you? Because I'm starting to feel a little bit out of my mind about this. And this is when she finished... I explained everything I just said to you, and this is what she said. And, and she said, Rachel, there comes a point when you are petitioning God for something. And he says, I've already told you it's going to happen. So you stop petitioning and you start thanking. Right? It's like this. You're turning 16, and your dad goes, hey, I'm going to get you a car. But you're still 15 and a half. So the car isn't there but it's become a guarantee. And you keep coming to your dad and going, Dad, will you get me a car? And he finally goes, I already said I will. Just got to wait till it's in the driveway. It's that kind of a thing. And, and, and what she was challenging me with, which I thought was so, so wise, and I've heard this before, but it hadn't applied in this type of a way, was she said, you know, it's like the Lord was saying to you, if you feel like you need to continue to petition, then at least ask me for something bigger than what I said I was already going to do. Hashtag community. And I was like, wow, I thought about that for like three days straight. It was just constantly running in my mind. You know what, Lord? wow, even though I know you can do all things, here I am looking at this small thing and going, 25, and I was even telling Sarah this morning, I said, and it dawned on me this morning, he also said 30. So what I'm about to say may be totally irrelevant. We can take a vote afterwards if you want to. We can decide are we going to believe for 25 or 30 because I don't know what I have faith for, to be completely honest. But here's what I believe, and I'm going on a limb here. I felt like the Lord was saying, this is what he wants to do. Why? Because the Ephesians 3.10 church is a body that affects change everywhere. And I believe that is who we are. And so what God has done in you and the spiritual transformation you have had by being a part of this body and what has happened in you, don't you think he wants to do that in other people? In the way that so many of your stories are, I was looking for a home, I was looking for something that felt like me. There are more of you out there. There are more people out there who are, who are like that. And there's this reality here. And I brought my little marshmallow roaster, okay? And some of us, we feel like we have this little reach, this tiny little, little reach. And it's like, man, I might only be able to, like, reach somebody on Facebook or with a text. Some of us, we have this, like, really big reach. 
You know, I was going to bring my grabber. It's the best thing I've ever got in my life, man. Grant got it for me for Christmas when I was like eight months pregnant with Jack. And it's one, you know, the old people grabber. Sorry for anyone that has one that needs one necessarily. But I use it. We use it all the time. We have two. So Grant and I can both have one. They're like 10 bucks. Save yourself if you have little kids and you're constantly picking up toys. You just walk around. You just grab the toys. You know, you don't have to bend over. It's amazing. But anyway, some of us, we have this reach where something feels way over here, and God has given you the gifting and the tool to go over there and snatch it. And others of us, we got like a medium reach. Some have feeling like no reach, right? But we all have a reach. And in this season, what God is calling us to is going to take all of us doing our part. And so I'm just sort of unapologetically asking you to help us get to this goal. Because here's what I know. When God said to me, 25 by December, he didn't say, Rachel, that means you are going to bring all 25 of those people here. My reach is not that big. (laughs) Some of you guys who have a large friend base, you have a lot of connections with people, and you can be going over there and picking them all off the tree, right? This is so weird. I'm sorry. But do you know what I'm saying? But the thing about the body, and this is what's true. All right, kids, raise your right hand for me, okay? Now hold your left hand out like this. If the right hand is reaching and the left hand catches, does the body still win? Yeah, right? Some of us are out there reaching and reaching, and we don't actually catch it, but the left hands of the body, they get to catch it. You guys can put your hands down. And the body wins, right? Some of us, we get so frustrated because we've been reaching and trying to catch, and we aren't the catchers, so to speak, but so it feels like, why reach? But when we all collectively go together, something amazing happens. Okay, so on a very practical basis, we have some things planned coming up that I'm asking you to partner with us for because I believe that God wants to use these things and the invites that you feel led to do, but I believe he wants to use these things to help us get to that 25 or 30 person goal by December or whatever will happen, which I honestly don't know. But here's something interesting. A few months ago, God gave me this idea. We finally got them all finished today, and so we made these boxes. We actually made 25 of them, which is ironic in the way the whole thing goes. So if you can see this, it says, it's so great to meet you. And so we got these. These are gifts we're going to be giving out to people who come for the first time to our church, okay? So it's not, we decided we didn't want to do the normal church thing where like you get a whole bunch of branded stuff and then like a note that says we're a church. Like that's sort of obvious, right? So we have some kind of cool pins, okay? So you'll get a pin and a coffee cup, but we have this information in here and there's a note from Grant and I in this. They're kind of cool. If you want to look at this one later, you can. There's some information on how to connect to groups. And then we created this little brochure that gives you an understanding of what kind of stuff that we're like. Because we're a different kind of church. We like kind of different kind of stuff. And I want to be able to say to somebody, hey, in one Sunday you can get a feel for who we are just by coming here. Because God has called people to plant, but not all people are called to plant here, and we're totally comfortable with that. But there's a lot of people who are called to plant here. So we have these really neat brochures. They have this cool stuff on here, and then they've got some stuff about who we are in our story. And then it's got this card in here that says, OMG, have you read these yet? We love them. And these are some of our favorite, most life-changing books. And on the back it says, do you have these albums on your phone yet? And there's some of our favorite worship albums that are on here. And this is a way where if you like these books, you're going to like us. Right? If you like these albums, you're going to like us. It's just kind of how people are going to get to know it. So if you bring somebody, they're going to be getting one of these boxes. I want to give them all out before December. That would be my hope. Okay? I'm totally willing to say we can order more because we'll need to. All right. The other thing you can... uh, Another thing we're going to do, you guys have probably seen this on Facebook, 
We are having a party at the end of October. We're calling it our October extravaganza. You probably saw the slide earlier. Um, and so what we've done is we have put together these little lunch sacks. They're so fancy looking. I know you guys, they're breathtaking, okay. Um, but what's inside of them are five pre-made invitations for you. There's a flyer in here and there's some candy because who doesn't like free candy, okay? If you're like know somebody that's dieting, you can um, maybe get a flyer without the candy for them. But there are five in each pack. And what I want to do is I want to ask you guys, give out at least five. Put them in the mailboxes. If you're an introverted person or you're terrified of, you know, if your reach is like negative and you're kind of like, I don't, you know, I feel a little defective in this area, I'm going to give you the tool for you. You just write from Joe and put it in somebody's mailbox. You don't even have to talk to them. But I would love it if you would talk to them, okay? But put it in a mailbox, leave it at a coworker's desk. If you've got kids, you can take some of these, give them out to your friends. Kids love candy, right? Give them out to your teacher, whatever. Why? Because the more we invite, the better chance we have of grabbing somebody. Because this is what God has called us to do in this season is to grow. So outside in the lobby, there's going to be a table with these on them. You can grab one or two or three, however many you feel like you can give out, and take them with you and hand them out over the next couple of weeks. Next week, we'll have more for you to give out. They won't all be packaged like that, but then we'll have cards you can take and hand out. Make your own packages if you like that. Um, the, the last thing I want to say about the party is that it's going to take us, it's going to take the body to make this a great event. We are doing this party partially for our own church to have something really fun to do, but partially for something for you guys to get to invite people to. So there's a couple ways that you can participate with us, okay? So you can put that up there. One of the biggest things that we need you to do is to pray. We need you to pray for this event. We are believing God that this is going to be a tool that God uses to expand our reach. We believe this. Bring candy. We need candy, okay? So every Sunday we're going to be collecting candy. So bring a bag or two and we'll collect them every week and hopefully we'll get a big chunk of the candy we need provided for us. The third thing you can do, invite people. We just talked about that. And the last thing you can do is you can serve at this event. So we have about seven different ways you can serve. You don't have to do all of them. Just pick one. You can serve security by making sure everybody stays safe the night of. You can serve by manning the different activity stations. It's going to be like a carnival. There's going to be lots of games, some inflatables. It's going to be super fun. So there'll be places to serve with that. There's going to be opportunities to serve prepping the food. We're going to have candy apples and really fun fall stuff. There's going to be um, a creative group of people like, that sets up the photo booth and stuff like that. If that's your deal, there's seven different ways that you can serve. When you go out in the lobby, there's going to be two neon posters. You can't miss them, okay? And so you can put your name on there. And if you put your name on there, then somebody's going to call you in the next couple of weeks to get you together to make this happen. Why? Because you may be an elbow, but the arm is not going to reach without you, okay? So it's not a whole bunch of effort that we're asking for. It's just a little bit. But at the bottom of that list, there's post-it notes that Sarah beautifully wrote on, I signed up for activity team, oh, ministry team. I'll talk about that in a second. All these different teams. And you can take that post-it note with you to remember what you said yes to. So when you get the phone call, you're not like, you know, new number, who dis, you know? So, because uh, we're going to go, well, you put your name on the list. Um, the last thing I want to say is about the ministry team. So we, you probably, if you got our email, you saw we're starting up our prophetic team. I am really excited about this. This team is going to have our first debut at that event. 
where we're going to be ministering to people, sharing what does God think about you. If you like to hear God at any level, come to an interest meeting October 4th at our house. Come find me afterwards. I'll give you the address if you don't have it. And um, it's going to be at 7 o'clock. We'll spend about an hour talking about what the team is going to be like. You can come to the meeting and not be on the team. It's an info interest meeting, okay? But if you're interested at all, make plans to be there for that. So these are ways that you can partner with us, all right? <sighs> Miraculously, the limb held. Praise God. Um, okay, so I, I want us to end today. I want us to pray. And next week we're going to get into some of the best chunk of scripture there is in the Bible and how God, how we participate with God to see him do above and beyond what we can ask for. But I want us to end the service today really just praying over this stuff. And, and I'm going to ask you to be praying over Grant and I too, because there's a fine line here where as a pastor, it's like, I don't want anybody to feel like we're always trying to just get big, just to get big. Because to be honest, I, I don't really know that I really want to have all the attention that comes from something like that, but I want to be in line with God. And God has consistently said something over and over and over again. And what my mentor shared with me that I feel like was so interesting was we were talking about the reality that, again, this is a process that you guys will go through in your life. You've already been through at different times, so we get to partner with it together. But the other side is that at the end of this time, let's say that God does it. Let's believe that. And then 25 new family units have come into the church, and only Grant and I or our leadership team get to rejoice in what God did because we were the only ones that knew. But now we all get to rejoice in what God is going to do because you all know, and I can't put those words back in. They're not going to go back in there. They're on the podcast probably forever. Lord bless us in Jesus' name. So are you guys tracking with me? So be praying for us. Be praying for our leadership team. Be praying for yourself. Ask God to give you a bigger reach. Here's what's amazing about this is that you can actually get a bigger reach. Took the safety cap off. We don't want that. All right. Um... Let's pray. Why don't we do this? Stand up for me. And we're going to turn on a little bit of music, and I want us to take about 60 seconds to pray on our own and ask the Lord, here's what that looks like to pray. We're not asking God to do something he already said. We're thanking him for what he's aligned us for, right? There is a time for petition, but I do believe in my heart we've moved past that. So what we're going to do is we're just going to say thank you, God, that what you've said will come to pass. Lord, we ask that we would be able to partner with you, these type of prayers, okay? So you guys can go ahead and start praying. Pray out loud. You can pray quietly, however you feel. You can pray loudly, however it works for you. Um, but, Lord, we do. We ask that you would come through. Lord, that we would be totally in line with what you want to do. God, we thank you. We thank you for the way. You guys can keep praying. I want to hear your voices. We thank you, Lord. That